Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, Liberty lovers? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Ammo.com. There's nothing more American than ordering a stockpile of ammunition and having delivered right to your doorstep. But you know what? It gets even better than that. Not only does Ammo.com deliver sweet, beautiful packages of ammunition right to your door, they're also run by libertarians. In fact, you can read an awesome article on their site right now that I've linked to on the show notes page called Locked Up, How the Modern Prison Industrial Complex Puts So Many Americans in Jail. And you know what? It gets even better than that. When you buy at ammo.com, 1% of every single sale, that's gross sale, not net, goes to a libertarian cause of your choosing that you get to pick at checkout. And the best part, the kicker, through the link ammo.com slash Lions of Liberty, you get $20 off your order of 200 or more. So support this show, help to spread the ideas of liberty, and buy some ammo to defend your personal liberty. Bam. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, Felony Friday is the only show out there that 100% is focused on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. And on today's episode of Felony Friday, we got a little bit of a different show. We're not going to be talking to a felon per se. We're not going to be talking to really an activist in the community or a journalist or anything like that. We're going to be talking about a story of federal government overreach. And my guest today is going to be sharing how the Department of Health came into her wellness clinic and shut her down multiple times. We'll get to that story in a minute. I'll introduce my guest briefly. But first, I want to remind you guys, if you're new to Lions of Liberty, if you're new to Felony Friday, please remember that this is only one of three shows that we have on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We kick off every single week with our longest-running program, our flagship program, a show that is hosted by Mark Clare. Mark's doing a fantastic job with that program. He uh, interviews leaders in the libertarian movement and hosts roundtable discussions. And actually, those roundtable discussions, as I've mentioned the past couple of weeks, this will be starting in uh, March. So today is the 1st of March. Throughout this month of March, you will get three episodes of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. They will take place on the Monday show, hosted by Mark, on the Wednesday show, hosted by Brian, which is called Electric Liberty Land. It's your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. It's a current events type show, but Brian, one time during the month of March, will be having a roundtable discussion. 
And on Felony Friday, we'll be doing the same thing. One time during this month, we'll be having a roundtable discussion, bringing on some fellow Lions or maybe some outsiders to come on the show and talk about uh, criminal justice reform in the case of uh, Felony Friday. We'll probably keep it focused on the criminal justice system because this is Felony Friday. Now, today's episode, there's going to be some links you're going to want to check out. Uh, from this story, you can find all that stuff at lionsofliberty.com slash FF165. Let's get right into today's episode. My guest today on Felony Friday is Aaron Murphy. Aaron is the owner of Local Healing House, LLC, and has a doctoral degree in Oriental Medicine. She started her own business in 2004, but now she's been forced to close her location in Florida, and this was due to continued constitutional violations by the Department of Health and the inspectors, uh, which is what why Aaron's here today and what we'll be talking with her about for the most part. Aaron, welcome to Felony Friday. Hi, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, and I think it was a few weeks ago that a, a friend of mine, Derek Williams, uh, introduced the two of us. He was familiar with your story a little bit and uh, reached out, and I, I learned about really the the injustice and the harassment that you suffered from the uh, Department of Health. So we'll get into that story and, you know, it's it's a crazy story. But before we do that, uh, for my listeners' benefit and for my benefit, because I'm curious, it's not a traditional path, but I, I, it's great. I'm into natural medicine. I'm into all, all that type of stuff. I love it. I'm passionate about it. So I'm curious, what sent you down that road? What inspired you to get into healing and natural medicine and, and those types of things? Well, I was always on the path of going into medical school and my senior year of undergrad, I got very sick and I went from doctor's office to doctor's office begging for help and I got turned away. And this one lady, she grabbed my arm, she kicked me out of the office. She says, you can't afford the blood work for your autoimmune disease. First time I'd heard that, I had no idea what was going on. But because I was on the medical track in undergrad, I happened to work at a clinic that worked with an acupuncturist, and he helped me. And I don't want to say in one treatment, but I saw a noticeable difference, and he was the first person who had compassion for what I was going through. And that's why I ended up changing from medical school into, I guess you can say, alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. What point in time was this? Because you, so you started your business in 2004, right? So. What, what did you do between that time? How did you get started, really, I guess is my question. Okay, so <laughs> I went to massage school only so that way I could afford my way through college because I okay. figured if I'm working three jobs, minimum wage, I'm never going to be able to pay for college. So I went to massage school in 2002, got my license in 2004, started my own business. I was going to school part-time while I worked part-time and paying my way through college. Nice. So okay. I actually started my profession and my business before I had my degrees. Okay. Is, does that hold you up in any way, but before you have the, the degrees or any sort of licenses or anything like that, the, I've actually found that was a very creative solution because as the government kept changing the laws, mm -hmm. I kept finding myself unable to get my license, but I would hire other people 
who had the license to work for me while I focused on running the business or even just being a massage therapist while in college. So I don't think it hurt. I think it was a good learning experience. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's get into this story. So this was 2015. So I guess you had your business with with no issues from the Department of Health for a little over 10 years, right? That is and, correct. And then in, is it July 2015, um, two inspectors show up at your office, right? Can you just take us through what happened there? Well, when the inspectors showed up, it was a very loud, very aggressive bang. I was working with a patient who had cardiac problems, and we were actually working with his medical doctor to help him get the surgeries that he needed. And these two inspectors came in, a male and a female. They were very aggressive with me, wouldn't answer my questions. They walked into my treatment room, opened up a drawer and grabbed something. And they're like, this is a violation. The violation was, uh, let me give you like a little example. This little you know, piece of paper, it didn't have a little number at the bottom. So that was my violation inside of a drawer inside of my office. So it became evident that they had been in my office before, but I didn't have any proof of it until last year when an investigation was done. What had happened was my competitor, who was also my landlord, wanted my business and she wanted my business names. So we had all this documentation saying Aaron T. Murphy owns this business, here are the business license. But on the paperwork to the Department of Health, she said she owned the business and the inspectors completely ignored my IRS documentation saying that I owed the business. So so she owned the building that you were operating out of. Correct. And what so you called her your her your competitor. So she owned another building with her own practice, I guess, or Correct. Except she didn't actually own any businesses. She was working illegally because she didn't want to pay her taxes. So she thought I was going to bring attraction to her and her profession as a massage therapist. And that I think is what initially scared her. And then she started running her business under my name, which then creates a tax liability on me to pay her taxes. So she was actually operating her business under your IRS filed DBA doing business as fictitious name. People who aren't familiar with tax law, that's what it, which was, what what was your business name at the time? The local healing house LLC. The local healing house. So she did business under that exact same name. Exactly. And that was the conflict of my documentation from the IRS that had that same business name, but she had a Department of Health certificate saying that she ran that business. And this is what empowered the Department of Health inspectors to come in accusing me of running my business illegally while ignoring my IRS documentation. So did she call the Department of Health and report you or... She did. She reported me as running all sorts of illegal activities. She told me two days before the inspectors were going to be there that she was going to have me arrested for doing um, illegal acupuncture. But she knew I had a licensed acupuncturist who was working for me and we were even billing insurance. So we weren't doing anything behind or under the table. We had everything out in the open. I wasn't doing the acupuncture. 
but she said her friend from the Department of Health was going to come arrest me. Two days later, these two guys, or this lady and this guy show up, banging on my doors, being highly aggressive. I mean, I was shaking so bad I couldn't physically stand up because I fully believed that they were arresting me right then and there. I had no idea that everything that the inspector was telling me turned out to be false. And the only reason why I know it's false because I got lawyers involved and the lawyers had a meeting with the Department of Health and the Department of Health denied ever saying I was running a business illegal. They denied having my license suspended. They denied everything that this, these two inspectors were telling me at the time. So I believed I couldn't work for months. So were, did these two inspectors actually work for the Department of Health? Yes, they did. And they there just- was also... Another, there was a third inspector that wasn't physically there, but that third inspector was doing all this background research on me. And I happened to know him from college and he happened to make it known that we kind of knew each other loosely, you know, from being in college. And he was the one who was supposed to, I guess, entrap me in doing illegal activities activities, but nobody could actually find me doing anything illegal because I had all of my payments for every single person that worked for me, all of their professional licenses, all their um, insurance. I had everything done. So they couldn't even find anything illegal that I had done other than that little number on the bottom of that little piece of paper that was missing to which the Department of Health said I did not need that number on that specific piece of paper. So there was nothing wrong that I had done, but it became evident at the time that I could not work in that location. I did not feel safe and I didn't know what was going on. I lost months of work because of it. Essentially, you were intimidated by Department of Health thugs using their authority to put you out of business without even reporting to the Department of Health what they were doing. Is that accurate? Correct. So for example, I was told that my license was suspended because I was missing that number. When I went into the Department of Health and had a meeting with my lawyer, they said, A, I did not need that number. B, my license was never suspended. So they were confused as to why I thought my license was suspended. So what have, has there been any recourse on your end uh, against these agents or against the, the woman who was trying to put you out of business? Well, it happened again in 2017, almost exactly one year ago. And she illegally entered into my premise by having my landlord unlock my office doors and she went through all of my stuff. I have a state investigation that was promoted by Pam Bondi, which was our um, attorney general. Mm -hmm. She helped fight for me to get that investigation, which proved that those inspectors had been in my office multiple times without my knowledge of them even being inside of my location. I have called lawyers. I have sent this documentation to many people and literally I don't even get a phone call back. Like nobody will even pick up the case despite the fact that I lost two homes and two businesses because of the Department of Health's actions. I'm a little confused with the the Attorney General of Florida, Pam Bondi. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? I, I do believe that's the correct and pronunciation. That's, and that's the report you sent me, right? The investigative correct. report, Office of Inspector General, May 17, 2018. 
what what was the outcome of of this report from the Office of Inspector General? My statements were because my competitor had verbally threatened that her friend from the Department of Health was coming to arrest me, that A, that they had some sort of personal relationship, and B, that these were illegal search and seizures of my property. They denied finding a personal relationship between the inspector and my landlord or my competitor, but they validated that my office had been illegally entered multiple times. So they admitted that, that their agents illegally entered your office multiple times. And what comes from that? You don't... <laughs> Nothing. You know, if a, if, a, if a private citizen did that, you know, that would be a crime. That would be breaking and entering at the very least, uh, mm-hmm. possibly theft or um, depending on what damages are there, could be, could be more things. But I guess if you have the government badge, it's just, oops, sorry. That, that was literally it. And to be honest with you, I was pushing for this investigation and I was denied multiple times from the state. So I, that's why having Pam Bondi get involved was so helpful because she actually forced the investigation to go through, which validated exactly what I was saying, that I was being harassed. And to the point where if there's a government official going through your files and going through your drawers at work, that's not okay. Like I literally did not know if maybe she planted something and she was coming back the next week to arrest me for it. That's why I had to close my office immediately. This happened, I think, December 11th, 2017, and my b- business was sold and closed by January 26th. Like, it was like le- almost an exact one month that I was closed and gone. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You just turned your life upside down, I'm sure. Correct. And in the event in 2015, I literally had one hour to evacuate my business because the landlord was using this as an excuse to try to get me arrested. So I literally had an hour to move my company, which I actually did in one hour and had a new location. I'm curious, have you heard of or met anyone else in your field who has been targeted in a similar way by the Department of Health? Yes. Um, I'm aware of a couple cases. Um, there's many massage therapists who say that they've had their office opened by a landlord for the Department of Health inspectors. They've come into their office and found like notes and documentation saying we've been here. So I, I've seen that. But there's also a case, and I think it's on the West Coast, where a woman had denied any type of physical relationship with an inspector from the Department of Health. The story from what I heard was he then planted incriminating evidence of her engaging in solicitation and prostitution to which they did arrest her and they did come after her and she actually got lawyers involved and realized that it was the inspector who actually planted it. Wow. <clears throat> so in funny enough in this, you know, that little missing that little number at the bottom of a piece mm-hmm. of paper the inspector walked past a company that had seven illegal posters missing their numbers in order to come into my office illegally last year. So they are selecting who they're going after because I have multiple photos of multiple companies missing that little number at the bottom of a piece of paper. 
And not once has that been addressed in my complaint. Like, why am I being treated differently than everybody else? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. So what has been the impact of this on your life? Because you're no longer in Florida, right? Correct. I'm in Colorado. Um, I have a doctorate in oriental medicine. And I have no business now. I'm working for a spa that's two hours away from my house because that's as close as I can get. And in Florida, I had a clientele list of 800. I had been working since 2004 in the same exact area. So I had a huge clientele. I was surviving by myself in my house without any problems. Now I'm living with my mom. I have no income. I have no future. And well, I just have to start from the beginning again. I mean, do you have desires to get back in to be a business owner again, either in the same field or or a different line of business? I am not very motivated to run my own business, except for every time I want a day off and I have to ask a boss if I can go home early. That one kind of stings. Yeah. But I almost think that I may not make as much money, but I'm safer working for someone else. I'm safer having my head buried in the back of an office space instead of going out there trying to become and helping the people who I can help. Mm -hmm. Because with my background, it's embarrassing that I'm working in a day spa. You know, I help people who have cancer and I help people who need to learn how to walk again. But I am giving massages to rich fellows that are on vacation right now. But- yeah, what, uh, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought up. But you know, things, some of the things that you've done, people you've helped. Um, can you just share, you know, during your time in Florida when you had those businesses, you know, some of the typical clients that would come in who you would treat? My cancer patients are the ones that I care the most about. I am specialized as a lymphatic therapist, which means I get rid of elephantitis or advanced lymphatics. So when a hospital has a patient that's so full of water that they don't know what to do with that client, I can actually go in and help assess. I can do the full body, even cranial lymphatic drainage. It's a very rare skill that a practitioner would have. I actually had to go to Canada for three months to learn how to do the hands-on manipulation. And I think those were the people who were most important to me. But again, we end up into some government regulations because the government literally said, you're no longer allowed to do this unless you go back to college. And so it's a little bit of a different story, but that's how I also ended up going to college for about 13 years. So the the government would actually, so you would be certified to do a treatment Mm -hmm. and then the government would just, so, so one day it's okay to do it. Then the next day you can't. Literally, Monday I was working, Tuesday, two-thirds of our staff was no longer eligible to work within the capacity that we had been. It was essentially a budget cut to stop clients from receiving medical benefits, but I don't think the government can come out and say, we're going to cut benefits. So instead, they said, we're just going to cut the people who are able to provide the service, and that's pretty much what happened in that situation. So I'm trying trying to see if I understand this. So yeah. instead of so this this was from an insurance standpoint, you think Correct. That they were Correct. So they, the law says I'm still allowed to do it, 
I cannot bill insurance for it. Gotcha. So that was the loophole. So they can't, the government can't stop you from doing what you're already certified and licensed in, but they can stop your funding. And I think it's kind of like that gun analogy. They can't take away your guns, but they can take away your ammo. Mm-hmm. Well, couldn't it be, and you know, it's probably more complicated than this, but if, I guess they're changing the certification you need, but if they didn't do that and they just said, you, you can't bill insurance for this, Maybe this is why they changed the certifications because you could just go around it. It might actually be cheaper without insurance, a lot of these. That was actually a situation that we ran into at one point because some of our clients were coming in with $100 copays and the clinic was only able to get that $100. Well, I cost $25. So the client wants to pay $25. It makes more sense, except there's contracts between the insurance companies and those businesses. So those businesses cannot charge $25 to have that patient pay out of pocket because they have a contract with the insurance company. Uh, you got to yeah, love our medicine system. It's that just, is, uh, yeah, it's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, really. But uh, yeah, so did, did we, do you think we got through everything in your story? Is there any other uh, parts that we need to touch on? No, I, I think that's pretty much the, 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 meat of the situation that, you know, the Department of Health continuously harassed me for years until I gave up. Four people lost their jobs and I moved to Colorado. Has, has this changed the way that you view government or in any way? Absolutely. I used to have total faith and belief in our government. I used to always think that they did what was right for the people for the right reasons. Now I realize it's all about who can pay who the most, who has the better lobbyist, and who has the better connections and friends. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's sad. It's not the way it's it should sad. be. So maybe you're trending towards being a libertarian. You, you might be getting there. I, I think I am, to be honest with you. Um, I would love to get involved with the politics, and I have a very hard time joining either the Republicans or the Democrats, because both of them I kind of see as having some issues that they need to fix. But I also kind of started seeing them as one party with just two different logos. Yeah, well, that's, that's what they've become for the most yeah. part. But you're out in Colorado. I actually have – we have some – Listeners of this show, some of our uh, supporters, uh, actually one uh, one supporter, Lance Psycho. I know he's in what county is he in? He's in uh, I think Long Longmont, the town of Longmont. Okay, Longmont, whatever that is. But anyway, yeah, it's I know the Libertarian Party out there is very strong in Colorado, so you should definitely check it out. Definitely, I think I will. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, and you know I know. With everything that's transpired with uh, really losing your business in, in Florida, it's probably not a lot of fun to talk about this, but it's important to talk about it because this happens to people. It happened to you. Uh, I th people need to be aware that this is a threat, that the Department of Health or another government agency, um, they can come in and they can shut you down. And really, there's not a lot you can do about it. So um, I just want to give you a chance to give any, any party words or any other anything else you want to share before I let you go. Well, I just want to say thank you very much because you're absolutely right. It is important that these stories get out. I think it's sad that our judicial branch is so broken that we can't get justice 
for people in these situations because again it comes down to who has the money so hopefully someone else will be able to fight that battle and get justice for their situations but it should never happen it's unexcusable absolutely well thank you so much for coming on the show thank you are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. Listen to We Are Libertarians at WeAreLibertarians.com. My name is Chris Spengel, and I host a show where we talk about the stories you and your friends are talking about, and then we give you libertarian solutions so you sound smarter when you're talking to your friends. We're going to make you sound like a genius. Tune in now at WeAreLibertarians.com. Are those dry, boring, run-of-the-mill political talk shows putting you to sleep on your commute or at work? Are you ready for some fun? Further Blast Off with Johnny Rocket is a Seattle-based podcast expressing viewpoints of free markets, voluntary exchange, badass music, wicked banner, and of course, drinking. The Blast Off doesn't shy from the truth, but always brings the party. Let's rock and roll, Raylene. Bring it on, Johnny. You can check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash Blast Off. Again, that's thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash Blast Off. Launchpad Media. Always launching ideas in your direction. Well, guys, that is a wrap for today's interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, just a uh, really uh, a little bit of a different episode and a, uh, a different type of guest. I was really uh, happy to have Aaron Murphy uh, join the show today to share a story that really, and something that nobody ever hears about. You don't really hear about uh, Department of Health officials essentially being co-opted by uh, a private sector, uh, allegedly a private sector person, allegedly a friend, um, a uh, property owner, somebody who was uh, Aaron was operating her business out of who used the government to target an individual. And you don't hear about it a lot, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, because I mean, I think there's, there's really, there's incentives for it on both sides, I think. And first of all, government officials love power. They love to show off to their friends that they have power. And of course, individuals, and this is no secret at all, this is called cronyism, people love to use the government to get what they want, be it a large corporation to dictate regulations in a certain way to uh, help them make more money or help them put a, uh, a smaller business, a smaller competitor uh, out of business. But this is just sort of the the small ball aspect of it. That doesn't make it any less egregious. This is still terrible. I mean, it has severely damaged Aaron's life. Uh, she's lost her business. She's no longer a business owner. Obviously, it was something that she really enjoyed. And when you heard her talk about the clients and the people that she really, really helped dealing with people struggling with cancer and ailments like that, and to have that taken away from her, 
taken away for no reason at all, then somebody had a grudge and they got the government involved to shut her down. So it's a terrible story. And, you know, I this is this is one of those times, you know, you look at positives in uh, in a story like this. And quite honestly, there really are none. The only positive is that the more people that a story like this reaches, the more people understand that this type of thing can happen. And when you have a coercive government who is uh, elected by a majority rule or appointed by you know people who we, appointed by people who we, we've elected uh, by a majority rule, um, they're accountable to no one. So the more people that understand that government agents are for the most part accountable to no one, then the better that is. So that's the that's the good part, the good part of this story. And I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Just want to remind you, if you like this show, if you like Lions of Liberty, if you like what we're doing here and you want us to keep doing it, please consider joining the Lions of, Lions of Liberty Pride by going to our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty, checking out the options there and picking a level that you feel comfortable with. So check that out, and we appreciate all the support. Appreciate everyone listening. Our numbers are growing and growing. Uh, it's exciting to watch every, every uh, you know Friday and in the days after I, I uh, release the podcast. I, I love to go in and see all of the people that we're reaching because it truly is incredible the amount of people this podcast has reached. Uh, we are approaching. I think I can say this. I don't think Mark and Brian will be mad. I think I can say some information. We are getting close to 3 million downloads. So that's pretty cool. I, uh, it's an exciting number. We'll have to do a celebra- celebration when we do reach that number eventually here. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making this show possible. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. Burning.